on the Screws Podcast, episode number 99. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at True Classic, trueclassictees.com. Head over there, pick up yourself a fundamental polo or one of the chino packs, go right from work, right to the course. You're going to look great. You're going to feel great. You're going to play great. Using the promo code OTSGOLF, you will get 25% off plus free shipping right to your door. TrueClassicTees.com, promo code OTSGOLF, 25% off plus free shipping right to your door. Enjoy the pod. Three shots, four part, I just do two, one putt, part four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do, think I'll try to get on, into start right, good line, good view, Andrew, shoot and make Gavin, All right. episode 99, Wayne Gretzky, hockey episode, I like it, yeah, uh, this this week we got Dan Stewart, um, I know you, Stewie. That's how I was introduced with golf, but uh, developmental goalie coach of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Bryce's here as our hockey expert. You guys have a bit of a past together, so we, uh, yeah, we can jump right into it. Dan, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Episode 99. I can't believe it, Bryce. We made it, man. Yeah, a couple of uh, Sault Ste. Marie ties there. Uh, me, Dan, and Wayne Gretzky right there. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much enough. three of the same guys just lump them all together yeah, yeah same yeah. skill level between all three of us so. so dan and i met uh okay i guess i'll give my story bryce and then you can give yours so dan and i met um with our kind of like our wednesday league i think we were playing a wednesday and um it was me you and, and wes out there as our match play champ so congrats wes just beat Corey the other day but um i played awful uh, i don't think any of us played our best um I hosled two balls in a row on the same hole after like a 320 yard drive. So nothing new for my game, but, um, yeah, we had a really good time. And then, uh, we were kind of chatting afterwards, uh, just having a beer and, and figured, you know, you're on your way down to St. Louis. So, um, always good. We've had a couple hockey pods now, like we had Cole Perfetti on, um, a couple hockey players here and there over the time. So it's always nice to kind of chat and kind of play, you know, it's kind of, it's something that Bryce is into as well. And I played a little bit of hockey, so it's always good to have that, uh, that connection, but we thought you'd get on, we'd have to have you on. So we met at Port Hope Golf and Country Club where you grew up there, right Dan? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up, uh, born and raised in Port Hope, um, played minor hockey there. Um, and then, moved back there in 2009. Okay. So in the off season, are you here? Like, are you here most summers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just the job has me all over the place in the summer scouting and stuff and development camp. So I'm, I'm in and out and can't really play golf there with any consistency. Right. Do you do, uh, do you do any camps or stuff and stuff at, at back home during the summer or just more just all scouting and development stuff? Since I got this job, um, one of the beauties of it is I'm paid year round. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to do those camps anymore. Like I I did for basically 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still jump on with good friends. Like Dave Delecky is a good friend of mine that owns a goalie school in Toronto called The Crease. So I jump out with him uh, usually like three times a summer just to to go and and spend some time around him and, and give a shout out to the kids and stuff like that. So he was really good to me when I moved back and and gave me a lot of work when I moved from Connecticut back to Ontario and and didn't have any clients. Um, So I just like to help him out. And he's been a good friend of mine since we were both 16. So nice. Now you guys met when Bryce was playing in the Sioux, right, Bryce? Yeah. Playing or watching. Yeah. Either one. Yeah. Well, you were like the rubber man and for the goalies and, uh, 
practice, yeah, I was, right? Yeah. Uh, Stewie liked me because I always showed up for practice because I'd always be a healthy scratch, so I'd always come shoot for him. 100%, and you were a good shooter with skills, so it was great. Yeah. Yeah, don't get much better than me for uh, for working on goalies, just picking them apart. No, I'm just kidding. So then why weren't you playing? I just didn't have it, man. <laughs> I just never had it. Yeah, it's uh, well, when we were talking, we were kind of connecting the dots, like Stewie and I threw... I think one of the first things you had said is that you were um, you were with St. Louis, and then you guys had. I think it was when the Cart Girl went by. She was friends with uh, your Peterborough prospect right now, Will Cranley. He's yeah. from Peterborough, but he's playing. He was playing in Ottawa, and now he's playing in Flint. Right. Okay. And and then when I heard Flint, I guess it was is that's where you started, right, Bryce? Uh, well, I started in Plymouth, but I went. I played in Flint. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, you're still on the bus, aren't you, in Flint? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But uh yeah, so we got kind of talking and then that's how we kind of connected the dots. You guys spent I think one year together, so yeah. um which is yeah, pretty cool. So um maybe take us back, Dan. How did you get like you know, anybody listening, thank you for uh obviously following us over at OTS Golf on Instagram, um, episode ninety nine. So we always like to kind of mix it up a little bit. So it is a bit of a golf pod, but we're gonna get into some hockey here. Can you kind of take us back and how you got started with your hockey career, like even playing before? Well, like I said, I grew up in, in Port Hope, Ontario and just played minor hockey there. Um, back then, you had to play wherever you lived, so there was no mm-hmm. option to go play AAA. So after Bantam, I went and played Junior A on the Cobra Cougars, the town next door. Uh, then I was drafted into the OHL, uh, played a little bit in the OHL, very little bit. Um, I was like third goalie, back up a little bit, but... Uh, Fairly early on in, in that process in the OHL, I realized that I was coaching goalies in the summer for a goalie school, and I realized that I, I enjoyed it and that I had a, a certain connection with the kids. And uh, I knew then that there was a good chance that it was what I was going to do instead of play. So I went to St. Mary's University in Halifax and played there for three years and graduated. And I moved to Connecticut and started a goalie school called the Connecticut Crease. And what I did is I built a mini rink on synthetic ice and just like did private lessons and built a business kind of one goalie at a time. And before I knew it, it became pretty big uh, because there was nobody else doing it in that area. So I would have goalies come from, you know, up from Long Island. I would have goalies coming from Pennsylvania, goalies all over New England. Mm -hmm. And eventually I was also, you know, doing some NCAA guys and whatnot. You just kind of develop uh, a bit of a following And then in 2009, I moved back home and kind of started from scratch again and was lucky enough to get on with the Cobra Cougars as the goalie coach and then get on in the Sioux. Um, And then eventually it led to this job here with the Blues. Right on. Now, is there like, is there any, I guess like, I know I actually coached the year. I played a little bit goalie, much better coach. I'm like a maybe like Ken Hitchcock or something, former St. Louis club, but uh, definitely a better coach than it would be a player. And I did a year, I coached like a year of, uh, I think it was double eight or something goalie, uh, goalie. So it was fun. Um, like when we went away to tournaments and stuff, it was great. It was a good time. And I remember having to do like some, you know, coaching coaches training and stuff, but obviously at your level, it'd be a bit more advanced. Is there anything that you're doing to like update your skills yearly? Um, obviously the game has changed like even since i played when i was younger um the game has changed immensely so do you just uh kind of like our golf game we're completely updating it all the time is it the same with uh with hockey 
Yeah. I mean, if you're not growing in this position and, and staying up to date while sticking to the core principles of it, you're in trouble because the game will pass you by really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do things like, I, you know, part of me going to spend that time with Dave Delecki on ice is, is to talk to another goalie coach that I respect about what's going on in the game. Um, I'm very lucky to have David Alexander as the goalie coach of the St. Louis blues. And he and I talk, uh, you know, multiple times a week throughout the year. And, and we have a really good working relationship where we're constantly bouncing ideas off one another, about what we're seeing and what we think the game is, is going to kind of evolve into next, um, picking up trends and what the goalies are doing that both good and bad and, and what our thoughts are on them. And then we implement it into uh, what we're doing with the goalies again, while sticking to the core principles that have been key to goaltending since I was a kid. Yeah, I think it's also cool, and I know Daniel attests to this too, um, just from personal experience, seeing different goalie coaches kind of throughout my career, no one's the same either. Like all goalie coaches will preach the same basic things, but have their own little way of teaching um, teaching the goalies on, on how to play and kind of the little nuances and stuff. So I think that's really interesting about um, when you jump from team to team, see how different it is. Yeah, and I find for... I, I liken it to, you know, we'll, we'll do a golf analysis here like or a golf comparison where, say, a guy like Jim Furyk has a very unique swing that works for him. And had somebody taken that swing completely away early on and beaten it out of him, he may never have been the golfer that he is because no. that swing worked well for him. So one of the things that I try to stress very hard when I'm working with the goalies is we, we stick to the, the core principles but we try to make you the best version of you. And that doesn't mean that you're going to look like every other goalie. Are you always late for your tee times? Can't keep pace on the course? Or standing over the ball way, way too long thinking that this time it's going to be different. Quick pause from today's episode to bring you a note from today's sponsor, the Vincero Collective. If you're looking for the perfect accessory to keep you on time for a limited time only, get 20% off plus free shipping site-wide. Support the pod with our exclusive code, OTSG at the Vincero Collective.com. Never be late for a tea time again. Well, because you you mentioned Jim Furick, and then I was talking about Tony Finau and how he had a, you know, he had a 60 the other day, a course record, but he was like, he lipped out three or four putts and he was on like a 55 watch. And Jim Furick, I think, don't quote me on this, but might be the only 58 in PGA Tour history. Does, I that, sound, does so. that sound right to you, Bryce? Yeah. So, I believe so yeah. you know, kind of amending swings and stuff like that would be very difficult. Like those are two very different. Tony Finau is a ton of speed. Um, so when you mentioned like the different goalies and, and kind of what you're doing with them, are you working like one-on-one or are you working with a group of the guys on, you know, whether you're in Springfield or St. Louis or wherever it is, um, you know, cause I remember talking to you and you were saying you're only really on the ice for an hour and then, you know, you've got a full work week with everything that you're doing off ice as well. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious, is it more, you know, unique kind of one-on-one training or are you kind of getting the guys together and working on it as a group? So it's actually both. Um, usually before practice, I'm out there 20 minutes to a half hour before with, with the goalies, as well as a couple shooters and, and one assistant coach. And during that 20 minutes to a half hour, we tend to have a set of core drills that, that we do core skating drills and core um, working on some entries and recoveries and things like that, that, that we will repeat a lot. And it's kind of like groundhog day. And, and, you know, the guys will sometimes joke about it, but I believe in that type of repetition because it, it, 
it helps a lot. But then also we will do some individualized work and that tends to be after practice where I will design a drill um, with one of the goalies with, with a, a certain skill in mind. And it's more game-like scenarios for that stuff. And, and we will go over it and just how that goalie wants to play it and, and how I think they should play it. And there's a lot of communication that goes on there. And, and we come to a lot of solutions together because I also believe that the goalie has to believe in what they're doing and, and have full conviction in order for it to work. Um, the worst thing I can do is put them in a scenario where they're not comfortable and say, well, you have to play it this way. Uh, and they don't believe in it because then it, it doesn't matter how they play it. It's not going to work. So that's the individual part. But then video is huge for the individual part. Mm -hmm. So each game, uh, we have a video coach that tags events. So every shot attempt on net is, is tagged as a shot on goal. And then I go through all those events after the game and pick through certain ones uh, that I want to go over with the goalie put them kind of in a folder. And then the next day, the goalie and I will go through those things together. Um, and in my younger days, it was a lot of me telling the goalie what I thought about each scenario and what I think they should do and how I think they should play it and, you know, what they did wrong and right. And, and as I've gotten older um, and the goalies have changed a little bit as well, but now I find there's a lot more of me asking them what they thought in this scenario or what they saw in this scenario or why they did what they did. And I found that it, it, it helps teaching and it helps me understand where the goalies come from better as well. It makes me better at my job, but it really helps things sink in when we, when we have that approach where we're doing it a little bit more together. Um, so after each game, I, I do that with, with each goalie, whichever one played. Um, and it's just kind of part of our routine. You know, we go over the handles, we go over the shots, we go over what reads I saw. Um, you know, we obviously go over the goals um and and how we think we can play them next time going forward yeah i always thought uh raymakers was really good at that when we played like he was always very um hands-on with the hey i want to do this hey i should have done that with you kind of like i was kind of in the background when i was shooting but listening to kind of like your conversations i know he was like a prime example of kind of what you explained on how he would realize what he did wrong or, and then he'd come to you about it instead of you saying, Hey, you need to do this. I just kind of think he was really good at that when I, uh, when I play with him. Yeah. Joseph's a special, special guy, man. Mm. He, uh, he's one of my all time favorites. He um, is just a really, really good human being, but to your point, uh, he had a good understanding of his game and, and of his strengths and of his weaknesses. And the, one of the things that, that I said to Ray right away when we, when we started working was I'm not going to overcoach you. I am not going to come in and fix every problem for you. There are times where I'm going to make you stay in the net and sort it out on your own mm -hmm. because he had had at, at that point, he had been in the OHL for two years and had mm -hmm. two different goalie coaches. I was his third goalie coach in three years. Mm -hmm. And I just said to him, I am not going to fill your head with a bunch of stuff about how I think you need to do this. And, and this is the answer. And that's the answer. I'm like, you have all kinds of stuff that you have worked on with good goalie coaches in the past. Both those goalie coaches went on to work in the NHL and still are John Elkin and Colin Zulianello. And I just, really wanted Ray to have a, a free mind in there and just rely on some of the good things that he had been taught. And obviously I, I added some stuff to, to what we we're doing as well, but uh, I really worked hard at, at 
making sure I let him be in that and, and come to his own conclusions on a lot of those scenarios and, and work through, because again, I, I believe that that's going to have him come up with the solution that's going to stick versus me just telling him what to do every time. Yeah. And I know you're in a different role now with, with St. Louis, but kind of just going back to the Sioux, um, how rewarding is it seeing these guys kind of work their way through the ranks and kind of um, make that next jump to that next league. And then another after that, um, that's gotta be huge for, for your confidence and just feel so rewarding. Right. Well, it's why I do what I do. Right. Cause you, you feel like you've, you've helped that person in some way achieve the goal. Um, you know, usually it's a small part because that person's doing all the work, but mm-hmm. that year, you know, Matthew Villalta got drafted mm-hmm. third round to LA that year. And that was just a, a, a massive thing for him. And, and it was something for me where I was like, you know what, I, I can work at this level and I do work with these guys in a way that, you know, some other people's note will notice. Um, and yeah, when, when you see them get what they're, what they're working towards and you've played a small part in it, it's definitely rewarding. Mm-hmm. I'll also say, you know, when I work with a peewee goalie and there's that moment between you and that young goalie where something that they've struggled with clicks and, and, and you're there for it. And it's you hard to beat that feeling. Eh? That, that moment where you kind of look at each other and say, Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. That's why I do what I do. So whether it's, with an AHL goalie, an NHL goalie, or a peewee goalie, that moment is is kind of the moment I strive for. Do you, uh, Stewie? Do you keep in touch with some of the guys? Like you know, because I like I, I was saying as a goalie growing up, like so it's kind of a small community, and uh, you know, it's you always kind of chat or when you go to a rink, do you kind of go over and find some of the guys that you might have coached in the past? Oh, a hundred percent. Like yeah. I I've still get invited to their weddings and college graduations and, and all kinds of different scenarios. It's really cool. Um, you know, just today I, I was on the ice with, uh, a guy that played in, in Ontario with Matt Volalta last year. And I, I fired Matty a text just to let him know that, uh, you know, that, that he said he was a good guy and stuff. And that's, that's all part of it, right? You do keep in touch. Um, now once they're in other organizations and whatnot, you don't keep regular contact with them or anything because, um, they have their own goalie coach and, and they have very good goalie coaches. Uh, but every once in a while I'll, I'll touch base with, with somebody that I've worked with in the past. Um, and mostly it's, it's the younger goalies that I worked with through minor hockey and stuff where, where you have some, some longer relationships with them. All right. I, I posted, I'm going to ask this quick cause I posted a question in our Instagram <laughs> and, uh, I got, I just checked, I had two responses and, um, well, the first two were, why are goalies so weird? <laughs> <laughs> it's something well, that I, 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 I know not. you've heard it. Yeah, I know you've heard it before, um, but yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's a position where you're isolated right from the get-go. Um, and, and you're treated differently by others from a very young age. So then you tend to focus on different things than than the rest of the group. And that can come off as weird sometimes um the other thing that that in my opinion that goalies face is we're often a product of our environment with respect to what happens in the game and our individual play can't really be judged in a lot of times by how many goals did or didn't go in there are times where i've seen a goalie make all kinds of mistakes and get a shutout 
and and other times I'll go watch a goalie let in five and they, and they actually were quite good. Yeah, I think it's a little misconstrued too. Um, I mean, I've never really met a goalie that I can't spend more than like an hour with. I mean, most of my goalies have been fantastic guys and completely normal. I just think it's that typical stereotype that yeah. they're all weird, but um, I'll run with it. I'll keep it going. But uh, but I don't really think most goalies are weird. I think it's just the idea that you'll stand in the net and get puck shot at you, right? Oh, but yeah. tons of equipment. You're fine. I, uh, you know, I never had any issues with it. But yeah, some of the, like, I remember a couple games that like stick out to me specifically. I remember playing high school hockey, like one of our first games that we won. I think we won 6-5 and I had like 79 saves or something. Like it was, and it was just like, it's one of the best games I played when I let in five goals. Right. So it's kind of hard to, I don't know it. And it was our first win ever as a high school hockey team, I believe. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, the outcome kind of like in golf, right. You can strike it really well and still have a rough round. Um, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you a story, Stewie, about game simulation. Cause you mentioned it quickly, quickly there before anything you guys are doing specifically. So like, we'll go to the range. Um, and then you know, say you kind of advance onto that next level, like Blakers playing in tournaments and stuff like that, Bryce's younger brother, or some of the guys that we've had on PGA Tour Canada, and they might go out for like a Monday qualifier, and then they'll play a Wednesday practice round, that kind of stuff. Are you doing that type of stuff morning of the game, or how are you simulating game situations for your guys? Well, for me, obviously, like goaltending is a position of patterns when we're talking about the rush and some of the end zone stuff. So those patterns are repeated a lot in practice because we want our players to be attacking in certain ways. And most teams do it very similar. So um, pattern recognition for, for the goalies off the rush comes a lot from, from seeing it in practice, same in zone, but there are other things that we'll do after practice where I will simulate uh, actually work with Daniel Kachuk, who's our uh, forward coach. He and I will work together to come up with, with drills based on what I'm hoping the goalies want to get better, or sorry, what I want the goalies to get better at for that day. And then also what he wants the forwards to work at on that day. And we, we come up with a drill that, that suits both those needs. And then we will, we'll, we will run it. And that that's how we will simulate a lot of game situations that are specific, but all in all, like the, the practices do simulate the rushes and the end zone and a lot of the patterns that the goalies will see. Um, and I find that that helps a lot. Sorry, go ahead, Bryce. Yeah. Just to kind of jump onto that, um, that comment, I remember we used to do that all the time with Don McLean, like he would set up a drill for us and we'd shoot on the goalies and, and don't get me wrong, I am trying 100% every time to score on these goalies, and I don't care what scenario it is. Um, and I think that kind of adds to, to Stewie's point of making it game-like because all those drills are game-like situations, and I am trying to score. And I think the goalies kind of see those opportunities and those chances, and it kind of relates to, to game-like atmosphere. So just kind of to jump onto what he said. Yeah, that's like we're – like where I was going with that is like, I was at the range earlier today. First time I practiced in a long time, I felt like I couldn't miss. And then I go to the course and like things are completely different, right. All yeah. the time. So, um, that's one of those things where I feel like as you become a professional, it's like being able to translate kind of what you're doing in practice and, and everything that you're working on and being able to like, 
you know, take that to the next level with the game, right? I think that probably translates to most other sports just like yeah, as well. It's no different than trying to go on the range and visualize a fairway or a green and say, I'm going to hit this one in 87. It's yeah. the same thing as practicing game, you know what I mean? Just different sport. Yeah, and I think you also have to make sure that your mindset translates. So while you're working on something in, in a session, um, it's important that when time comes to play, you just play. So on the golf course, you shouldn't be thinking about how you're swinging. You should be thinking about what shot you're trying to execute. And when you're playing hockey, whether it's in net or forward or defenseman, when you're on the ice in a game, if you're thinking about anything other than reading what's what's coming at you or what's in front of you or what you're trying to accomplish, and you're thinking about you know how you're skating or you're thinking about how you're stomping or how you're going to shoot the puck and, and technical stuff, it's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, golf, the time on the range is the time to put that work in. And then the time on the course is to just go play and execute your shots and focus on what shots you're going to play. And, and that work on the range will come out naturally. And it's the same in hockey for the goalie. We put all that work in and when the game comes, you just trust your reads and you play and you don't think about any of that work. You just let it come out naturally. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. For me, I think that's what kind of separates a lot of athletes and a lot of like really good players is, uh, I don't know, being able to separate the two and be mentally ready for the game. Right. But I want to, I definitely want to talk a little bit about some golf. Um, we're recording on, what is it today? Monday, September 19th. So, um, happy birthday, Rick DiPietro. I don't know how that popped up, but I was looking up some stuff earlier. So, uh, Rick DiPietro is kind of, uh, I don't know, one of the biggest, like he's got one of the biggest contracts in NHL history still or 13 years or something, right? So um, we're in conversation with Dan Stewart, developmental goalie coach with the St. Louis Blues. Um, let's talk some golf, Stewie. So we met uh, we met playing golf. What, uh, when did you get into playing? Were you, were you in Port, like you grew up in Port Hope? Were you playing there years ago? I grew up there, but did not play there. So the course was nine holes um, when I was a kid. And, you know, guys like Johnny and Wes and, and Kevin Gunter and Brad Pemmer, they all played um, that golf course growing up. I never was really into golf. I just played ball and hockey. Uh, and then when I, around the same time that I kind of recognized that hockey, uh, what playing hockey wasn't going to be my future. Um, so I was around 20 that I, I picked up my dad's clubs um, and, and went to the range and just kind of tried to figure it out. And one of the things that's funny about me is I play golf right, but I putt left. And the reason for that is I hit left in baseball. I shoot left in hockey. Uh, but when it came time to play golf, my dad's clubs are right-handed. Mm-hmm. So I played right. Um, so I had to figure out how to be on that, from my opinion, at the time, the wrong side of the ball and, and hit it. Um, and, and it was a little bit of an event. And then when I graduated from St. Mary's University in in 2000 and I moved down to Connecticut, that's when I started really getting the itch. Um, because beside my rink, like across the street, there was a driving range and before or after work every day, I would just go hit balls. And then I started playing more and more and more. And and I realized how much I really love it. It's infectious, right? Like the game is so infectious. That was we were, I was talking with the guys the other day about somebody else who does that. Somebody else who plays in our Wednesday league, actually, I think, uh, hits right and putts left. I know Hazy does uh, from Overdrive. He he does the same. He's like right-handed golfer, putts left-handed. But that's uh, – is it um, 
like, is it that much different for you? Can you, can you turn it over and putt right if you need to now? Uh, so the thing with me when I, when I'm on the right, well, when I'm putting left is I feel like I have touch. Okay. If I putt right, I, I have absolutely zero idea how far it's going to go. I, I can get it on a line, but I have no touch whatsoever. I don't know, man. That looked like us the round that we played. I don't Maybe know. I <laughs> What's that? Maybe I should start putting left. Yeah, it might be. It might just like lefties are, uh, I don't know. I think we're all just kind of like a little bit of a, we're like the goalies of uh, the golf course, right? We're a little bit more, uh, <laughs> you know, a little bit more creative out there and there's a lot more feel, right? Like obviously with Phil and we get, you know, Mike Weir, all those like really good players with a lot of touch. But yeah, the day that we played, I don't know, none of us had any touch. And I know Wes had his club stolen or something before that. So he got him back, which is awesome. So yeah. um like pretty crazy story, but he pretty much got all of them back, which is great. But um yeah, like golf is just kind of for me, it's it's become and Bryce too. I think we're like chasing the shot, right? Like Bryce likes to fill out the scorecard and me, not so much, but like, especially on a day, like the way that we were striking it. But, uh, would you say like, you're not playing ball anymore, pretty much just golf in the off season now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I played softball maybe until I was 40. Um, and then just golf and, you know, e- even men's league hockey, like I would rather be on a golf course than, than play men's league hockey any day. Yeah, it's funny. The last men's league hockey game and the last uh, softball game I played, I dislocated my shoulder in both of those. So that was that was it. So just golf for me now. That's it. But you ever uh, you ever strap them up at all anymore, Stewie? Um, last year I had to go in for maybe three or four practices. Oh no! Uh, and you know I can still make saves with my hands, but my feet aren't great. Yeah. Um, my last year in the Sioux, I had to go in a lot. Um, probably like 10 times I had to go in and it was actually really fun. Um, but when you're out there in the American league and you were never good enough to play in the American league when you were young <laughs> and in shape, um, it, it becomes that much harder when you're 45 years old and not in shape. Yeah, I could imagine. All right. We made it through nine and this glizzy is brought to you by our friends over at manscaped manscaped.com. You can go over, check out the ultra premium collection or anything that you need to not suffer through the back nine here using the promo code OTS golf. You will get 20% off plus free shipping. Maybe you'll go low on the back. Thank you for supporting the episode. Thank you for supporting the pod manscaped.com 20% off using the promo code OTS golf free shipping right to your door. Enjoy the pod. We were kind of talking about uh, you having to strap them up. We we're gonna see an e bug in your future at all, Dan, or uh, Stewie? Because I, I know Dave Ayers is a member at Lindsay. I don't know if you've ever met Dave, but yeah, he's a member up at Lindsay. So I know that that was a that was a big hoop. But um, you know, like you said, strapping it up with the guys in the AHL or whatever that'd be that'd be tough. I feel like I don't know. Are you a stand up guy or, or are you a butterfly? You get down there much at all? Uh, well, probably like two years ago, my, my right ankle started bugging me. So I, I don't get up very well. I'll go down, but I don't get up. so yeah. Um, so I tend to stand up a little more now than, than I did three or four years ago. Um, but I used to be like down, I'd be in my RVH. I was, I would do all of it with the guys. Um, but now I, I'm on my feet way more. Yeah. And it's wicked how hard it is. It's like I used to, when I played in Plymouth and we'd, uh, our season was over and I'd have to stay back for high school. We had to finish high school. I'd always, we'd skate every day and I always strap them up. Cause we had one of our goalies that was in high school with us. 
So yeah. he'd always skate out and I'd always strap him up. Probably like probably at least like three days a week of our five skates. I'd always and it's so hard, man. I can't even explain to you, like as being a player, how hard it is to play goalie. And I couldn't even imagine going in with, you, against like that with that much speed and stuff in the game. Oh, it'd be wild. It'd be nuts. You put the skates on too. You put like a uh, goalie skates. No, on no, no, I'd wear my own skates. I wasn't yeah. going through that much, but, um, but it's, yeah, funny. it's funny. I'd go full gear. It's funny. You mentioned e-bug because I did do it once in Hartford. Um, but I was like 28 years old and I got a phone call from, from a guy who's, son came for lessons for me and his brother was the coach of San Antonio. And he was like, Hey Dan, just giving you a call here, sitting in the San Antonio locker room and wondering if you can come here and uh, e-bug tonight. Dave Lenevia pulled his back out in the game day skate. So I like, I'm like, yeah, sure. So I go to this, go to the rank and and they come in. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to pass like the physical to, to be allowed uh, uh, in this game. Right. The, the doctor comes over. I'm like, Oh boy, this could be it. Um, but they obviously let me take warm up and in Hartford, you're not on the bench. So I'm like sitting in this in tunnel corner, and I've got, right? yeah, I've got like a package of runs in my hand and I'm just like <laughs> watching the game. And Carl Goring was the, the goalie for San Antonio. He's a smaller guy. And like two minutes into the game, he gets hit and he is like on his back in the corner. Oh, so I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so he gets up whatever all's well so the trainer comes up to me and he goes hey like you stayed pretty calm there like you're, you're not even in your own equipment because they had uh the 11 inch pad rule had just come in uh, so he's like you're not even in your own equipment and like if you had to go in this game that would have been pretty hard i'm like buddy if i had to go there into this game there's problems that go way beyond what equipment i'm wearing <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't end up having to play like he he toughed it out he's able to stay in not only did he tough it out he went 50 of 51 and we won two to one wow oh, man. that's unreal who was the goalie yeah carl goring is his name wow that's wild man yeah. i remember when that rule came in and it was like a it was a big thing because i was like jiggy was like he had just won the con Smythe in like i think oh three or something like that and that was like part of it it must have been shortly after that because um i remember kind of watching that and like that's when gear was like really heavily scrutinized because he was, yeah. he was a big guy wearing big gear and he he had like a couple of pretty big games too i think he had like you know a 50 save game and stuff like that in the nhl yeah. finals and stuff and then he's one of only few guys to win the con Smythe as a losing uh as a losing player but man that is wild that is good i would be so scared man i'd be absolutely terrified like uh, the pads came right up to my waist too boys they were like <laughs> well now he's the big guy they came, they were so big on me and i came out i had like brand new reebok stuff that was oh, like yeah. and i i was like oh i'll just wear this they won't care because i'm just the e-bug get there they're like you cannot wear that <laughs> oh boy. what about uh when crisp had to go in with eerie that was a that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. And they gave him all three stars of the game. I know. I think he let in like 11 or something. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that, that up with a buddy of mine. I don't know if he's listening, but I know Rich went in for, I think it was for me. I dislocated, I got like hit and I dislocated my shoulder in a game. That's a 
heavy trend for me, but, uh, in like a high school game and I was like out playing the puck. I think I got crunched or something, dislocated my shoulder, had to come out and, and he put the gear on and he went in, I think he like let in 15 or something like that, but he, yeah. he had a good time. It was, uh, man, but that like, I, I still can't get over that feeling. Like that would be absolutely terrifying. Like, I don't know how, if we're to translate that to golf, like, I don't know what would give us that same feel. Maybe like first tee of like, you know, playing in like a pro am or something like that. And you got like Tiger Woods yeah. standing behind you or something. It'd be absolutely terrifying. But, uh, well, I kind of felt like that on the first tee at Beth page when I, mean, I went down and played there. Nice. You played Beth page. That's sweet. Yeah. A, friend, a buddy of mine, Anthony was just there the other day. Same guy, Bryce, that played Arcadia bluffs and, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty cool track. It's, uh, I don't know. One of the nicest ones. Is that, is that one kind of on your list? Like, have you, have you got to play many down in that area? Uh, so is Arcadia the one like near Traverse city? Yeah. Right. So it's funny. I just got back from Traverse city. Um, and our equipment manager and I were, were talking about if the opportunity ever came up to go play there that we would. Um, and it just, it, that tournament is so busy. Uh, there's so much going on in it that, that we just weren't able to do it, but yeah. it's definitely on my list that I'd love to go play. I got another recommendation for you. If you go up that way, it's on, I had my bachelor party on Little Traverse Lake. It's called. It's like thirty minutes north west, I believe, of Traverse City. There's a course yeah. called Manitou Passage, and it is stunning. It's really nice. Now, did you ever play at Boyne? No, my boss is actually going up there this weekend to play in a big golf tournament there, like his That's buddies. Awesome. But there are some. It's a group of courses. They're unreal. I've yeah, gone there. I'm supply it. Yeah, I'll go play it sooner or later. Do you yeah, guys have really uh, good. do you guys have like a team tournament? Like I know a lot of the uh and I've been seeing like a ton of the guys um Colorado just did like uh they were just doing a match against the four play guys, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Or what the four play guys I haven't watched it yet, and I know New York Islanders did. So obviously a lot of golfers are, are hockey players, um and vice versa really. But uh do you guys have a tournament? You guys have like a St. Louis Blues tournament or uh wherever you are? I I think they just did uh, an outing with the blues because it was on Twitter where they were showing some of the boys doing happy Gilmore and stuff. Mm. Um, and in Springfield, I know there's a really nice golf course just outside of Springfield called the ranch. It's in Westfield mass. Um, and the boys, we usually have an outing where they all go and play. Uh, it's not a tournament per se, but where they, they all make sure that they're available the one day and they all go. That's right. pretty cool. I know it's uh I don't know. It kind of like every, it seems like every hockey player, it's like synonymous. We go over, we play some golf and vice versa. Right. So it's, if, uh, if you're not good at it, you got to learn it. Cause it's, uh, it just seems like kind of a pastime right in the summer. But, um, thanks so much, Dan, this was awesome. Dan Stewart, uh, developmental goalie coach of the St. Louis blues. Before we let you go, uh, fantasy draft next Sunday. Um, give me a couple of guys before we go or Bryce's probably got one too. Goalies? I don't know. Period. Ah, let's go goalies. Any, uh, I know you can't. I don't know. Where's, uh, I guess Bennington would be your guy this year. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, Binner's set up to have a big year this year. Um, he's, he's such a competitive guy and he works so hard. I just, I, I think he's going to have a big year this year for sure. Mm -hmm. What did you, uh, did you ever think anything that Justin Bieber Bennington like showdown that they were going to have? Did you hear about that Bryce? 
Yeah, I wish it. It never <laughs> happened, did it? No, but like oh, I, I wish it did. It would have been awesome. I think it was like Bieber was saying that he thought that he could score in ten shots. He thought that he could score That's exactly once. Exactly what it was. Like, I'm pretty no. sure Benner was like, "You won't score once." There's absolutely zero chance that he would score a goal <laughs> on Jordan Bennington. Man, it wouldn't even be close. It'd be so bad. It'd be yeah. Like I don't want to say he's a terrible hockey player. Like you know, he seemed like a pretty good like Canadian. You know, probably grew up playing hockey. But yeah. Bennington's one of the best players. That's like us going into a a long drive conversation. Yeah, uh, exactly. Same thing. You know what? A competition with DeChambeau. It's not going to happen. Yep. I don't know. Bryce did say that he thought he could outdrive. We're not going to go over this. (laughs) Ryan Greg he's the Canadian long drive champ. And Bryce thought that he could. uh, No, but Bryce hits a long ball. So you never know. Give me a month. Yeah, you never. Hey, I. 49 inch driver. We'll see. Yeah, I think you get Bryce swinging a forty-eight. Well, you've seen his uh, his windup, uh, Stewie. I'm sure he would uh, he'd get it out there pretty far. Like I know, yeah, he used yeah. to pick his you goalies apart. There wasn't much of a windup though. He had the quick release. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need a windup. Still got it. Putting up like five or six in Mensley every night. You still don't lose. I love it. It's unfair. I love it. It's unfair. But thanks so much, Dewey. This was great, man. It's nice to kind of you know change it up, talk a little hockey, a little golf. But uh, yeah, maybe after the season's done, we'll uh, we'll get you on when you're a Stanley Cup champ, and uh, you know, and um, yeah, we'll have a chat and see how the season went. hundred oh, percent. Let's do it. I uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was a blast. Um, good luck with with everything going forward, man. I hope it uh, really takes off for you guys, and that we get to do it again. All right, Stewie. Take care. Thank you. He's out in my ball and of course I tee up I lose the ball and I re-up I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach And I'm on a part five and I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I see it Feel like it might be an average I was working scenario